This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast.
I have found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All my needs to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Be all my grief has taken and all my sorrows bore. In temptation he's my strong and mighty power. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols stored from the heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul will fill. And sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face Where the rivers of delight shall ever roll He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul Yes, he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud, who's providing our music, and to Isaac Christensen, who is our recording engineer. You're able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at area code 715-268-9577 or by mail at NUIC Parish. 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and also through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Jim and Judy Curtis, and we thank them very much for their generosity in sponsoring this broadcast today. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship.
Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. We are in the season of Pentecost. You may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible with and Bibles for the kids for the home worship experience. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. We dedicate this hour to the presence and purposes of God, and we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. Amen. We continue our service then with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. I hope you can listen along as we continue with our gathering songs. Jim? Let me live, blessed Lord, in the light of the word. Let my life be a light on the souls now astray to the straight narrow way help me do some good deed while I live let my life be a light shining out through the night may I help struggling ones to the fold spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone, let my life be a light to some soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Guide my footsteps aright through the dark, stormy night. Give me peace. Give me joy, give me love. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the fold. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me souls for my hire, let my life be on fire, shining out to the world as a guide. Help me rest. 
someone sinking now with no hope that in heaven we shall ever abide. Let my life be a light shining out to the night. May I help struggling ones to the fold. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some I said a prayer for you today, and I know God must have heard. I felt the answer in my heart, although he spoke no words. I didn't ask for wealth or fame. of a far more lasting kind. I ask that he be near you at the start of each new day to grant you health and blessings and friends to share your way. I ask for happiness for you in all things great and small But it was for his loving care I prayed for more, most of all I said a prayer for you today And I know that God must have heard I felt the answer in my heart Although he spoke no words, I asked for happiness for you in all things great and small. But it was for his loving care I prayed for most of all. I said a prayer for you today, and I know. Must have heard. I felt the answer in my heart, although he spoke no words. I did not ask for wealth or fame, I knew you would not mind. I asked him to send treasures of a far more. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Would you join me as we pray the prayer of the day? Let us pray. O God, powerful and compassionate, you shepherd your people, faithfully feeding and protecting us. Heal each of us and make us a whole people, 
that we may embody the justice and peace of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead. And use the Trinity formula, which is be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. Our Old Testament lesson for today is from the book of Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah writes, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doing, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety, and this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Here ends the first lesson from the Old Testament. Our second lesson for today, the psalm text, is a very familiar psalm. It's the Little Shepherd's Psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Here ends the psalm text. The New Testament lesson for today is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 11 through 22. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcised by those who were called the circumcised, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of two, 
thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints, and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Here ends the New Testament lesson. I'd like to just share a few thoughts for our children's message today. So it's time for a few thoughts, young neighbors. And I'm trying to imagine you out there listening to this broadcast. And I'd like you to do a little imagining or pretending with me this morning. I was babysitting some of my grandkids just a couple of days ago, and they were playing a new game that I'd never heard of. It was called Toilet Tag. Toilet Tag. The person who was it apparently was the toilet and was frozen. And he or she would hold his hand up like the plunger for the toilet, and if somebody hit his hand accidentally, then she would, he or she would be free to run again and touch somebody else, and that person then would become the toilet. They were pretending, they were imagining, of course, as they played this fun little game. Or, one of my younger grandkids likes to pretend that he is a superhero, and his favorite superheroes are the Incredible Hulk and Captain America, and he pretends not only that he's them, but he has their superpowers as he dashes around the house, or he's pretending he's flying around the house, and he's fighting against bad guys. He has a wonderful imagination. In that psalm lesson that I read, the writer of the psalm is pretending and imagining too. He's pretending that he's a sheep, and he's pretending or imagining that the Lord is his shepherd. And I don't know if you listen to that little psalm text, but what the writer of the psalm imagines is the different places that he might be walking in day in and day out. Some places are lovely spots like still waters and green pastures and paths of righteousness, places that he likes to be, and he imagines that his shepherd, the Lord, is with him in all of those happy, sunny times. But he also imagines some scary places. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or I walk through the darkest valley. And that's just broad language to think about all of the scary places that he might be. And he imagines that his Lord, his shepherd, is right with him there too. As he goes through that little psalm, he is imagining that no matter where he is and no matter where he goes, his Lord, his shepherd, is right there with him. And I'd like you to do a little imagining and pretending with me. I'd like you, wherever you are this morning, to imagine that you're at school. And maybe you're in one of your classes that you like the least and have the hardest time with, that you really struggle with. And I'd like you to imagine that your shepherd, my shepherd, Jesus, is right there with you when you're struggling with that class. Or maybe you're out for recess and you're running and playing ball and having a 
wonderful time. I'd like you to imagine that Jesus is running right alongside you, that he's your good shepherd and he is there when you're having a wonderful time. Or maybe you're playing and you're being teased by your friends and you have hurt feelings and you're feeling really bad that they teased you the way they did. And I'd like you to imagine that Jesus is right there with you with all of your hurt feelings and how bad you're feeling. Or maybe sometimes when you're going to sleep at night or you awake in the middle of the night and it's dark as can be, you're feeling scared like you don't know what's around you or what might be hiding under your bed or in the closet or what monsters might be there. I'd like you to imagine that Jesus is right there with you in the darkest night. That Jesus, your good shepherd, my good shepherd, is with you no matter where you are or what you're doing. We can imagine, we can pretend with a whole lot of things. But thinking that Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us, we don't need imagination or pretending because he really is. That's the promise of this little, lovely little psalm text. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is right here with us. And that's a promise we can count on. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Jesus, thank you that you are our good shepherd, whether we're at school or out playing with friends or watching TV or sleeping at night or on vacation or going somewhere or in town at the grocery store, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, Remind us, Jesus, that you're our good shepherd and you're with us and we can always count on you to be right there to care for and keep us through good times and hard times too. Jesus, thank you. We praise you and we pray it all in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening, good neighbors. I appreciate that. And I'll ask Jim to come and do our song for our children's message at this time. This song I'm going to do today, it's, uh, you kids, it's probably the first song you ever learned. Well, maybe the second song. I bet the first song you learned was Happy Birthday. But uh, it's called Jesus Loves Me, and this is, they call it a kid's song. But, you know, I got thinking about it. Uh, those words are so appropriate, not just for you kids, but all us big kids, us older people too. So why don't you sing a verse or two of Jesus Loves Me with you? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. The Gospel lesson for this Sunday is from the Gospel according to Mark, the sixth chapter beginning with the 30th verse. 
I'm going to read a little bit more than is part of the gospel text, and it includes the story of Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. Next Sunday, the gospel is from John, and it is also the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I realize that both my sermon this Sunday and next Sunday will be quite similar because they're based on kind of the same sort of gospel text. So if it sounds like deja vu all over again when you hear it, not this Sunday, but next, you'll recognize that it's a very similar text that I'm talking about both Sundays. Here's the gospel text. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He divided the two fish among them all, and all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten of the loaves numbered 5,000 men. Then a little bit later, we read these verses. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into the villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, when my wife Gail and I first bought our lake place some years ago now, it was in the fall and a variety of activity around the lake was pretty quiet. Like many places in Minnesota, it was a lovely time of year with the leaves on the bushes and the trees turning gold and red. Many of the homeowners had taken their boats out of the water and brought their docks and their lifts up on the shore. I met a few of my neighbors, but not all. And at that time, I was still living in South Dakota and coming to the lake on weekends. And that didn't give me a lot of time to visit around our little neighborhood. It wasn't until January then, after a really good snowstorm, that I met one of my neighbors and it proved to be a poor start to our relationship. 
I was blowing and shoveling snow from my driveway when I noticed that somebody with a bobcat or small loader had not only pushed snow up on my yard, but had taken off the turf underneath the snow. I was annoyed. Let me say here that I try hard not to be an annoyed and annoying old guy. And let me also say that I realize I don't always succeed. I could see from the tracks of the loader which neighbor was responsible, and I went to ask him, politely, not to push his snow up on my yard. Well, this neighbor wasn't at all impressed with my politeness, and he simply blew me off with a few choice words. As I said, a, pull, a poor start to our relationship. I didn't see him again for a few months, and then that spring I was at the lake and I heard a loud bang. When I went to investigate, I saw this neighbor, whose back deck faces a little wooded area, on his deck drinking beer and firing his shotgun. Didn't take me long to decide that this was not the time to be an annoyed and annoying old guy. I simply went back into my house. Through the years, things have gotten better between my neighbor and myself. At least two very positive things happened. One, he met a woman who subsequently moved in with him, and she dramatically improved both the appearance of his property and his disposition. And two, I've gotten to know him a little better. And when I got to know him a little better, I was reminded of a very simple and very profound insight that an old pastor shared with me when I was just beginning my ministry long ago now. The pastor told me, always remember that everyone you meet is carrying some secret burden, is struggling with some hidden worry, is holding on to some unseen heartache. And knowing that about this man has helped keep me, at least with him, from being an annoyed and annoying old guy. Well, in our gospel text today, a lot has happened as it opens. John the Baptist has been cruelly killed by Herod. That's the story we reflected on last week. And Jesus' disciples have returned from their mission and have, I imagine, much to share with the master. Jesus was attracting large crowds so that the text says, they had no leisure even to eat. No coffee breaks and no meals for Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus calls them away to a deserted place to rest a while. But the crowds see where they're going and get there ahead of them. So the deserted place is no longer deserted and there is no rest for Jesus and for the disciples. And it's just here where you're expecting a little vacation, a little time to relax, a little rest and play, and it's all spoiled by the crowds, it's just here that I would have been annoyed. This is the kind of situation, needing a break and not getting one, that tends to make me an annoyed and annoying person. I almost expected to see in verse 34 this phrase right after Jesus comes ashore and sees all the people waiting for him. And Jesus was annoyed. But of course, we don't see that, and this is the first wonder in our gospel text today. Instead of being annoyed at all the people who have spoiled his vacation, taken away his time to rest and eat and recover a little from all that's going on, Jesus feels a deep compassion for them, for they are like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, Jesus looks at all these people who have spoiled his intentions, and instead of feeling annoyed, 
He recognizes their brokenness and pain and loneliness and fear, and his heart swells with love and compassion. And then comes the second wonder. Jesus reaches out to them with his teaching, and at the end of the day, as their hunger deepens, he feeds them all, and finally, at the end of our text, he heals all the sick and sad and sorrowing and sinful who come to him. The first wonder, Jesus' loving compassion, offers to each of us this morning a great hope. The second wonder, Jesus' teaching and feeding and healing, offers each of us a great opportunity. First of all, then, the hope is this. I've already described to you just how annoyed and annoying I can be. Of course, for my sermon, I've whitewashed it a bit, made it palatable for public consumption. Many times, I'm just a grumpy old man. I'm proud and selfish and sinful and broken in a whole host of ways. And yet the first wonder, the really good news, is that Jesus looks at me and his heart swells with love and compassion. He sees in me, as he saw in that crowd, a lost sheep without a shepherd. And he reaches out to me as he reached out to that crowd with his words, his power, his promise. And in all your own sin and pride and brokenness, he does just the same for you. That wonder, that good news, offers all of us great hope. And the second wonder and the opportunity? Well, that's for each of us, for Jesus' sake and in Jesus' name, to see the people we encounter each day as Jesus sees them, like sheep without a shepherd, to let compassion displace annoyance in our heads and hearts, and to reach out to them with kindness and care, with healing and help. Some years ago now, I was sitting at my desk in the headquarters of the Good Samaritan Society where I worked. Those headquarters are just beside Interstate 29 in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the words Good Samaritan Society are written in large letters on the side of the building facing the interstate. Because of that, we sometimes get people or got people who were traveling and who discovered for one reason or another that they had some need they couldn't meet. On this particular day, I was busy answering emails and getting ready for a Bible study and preparing a report on the work of mission integration, the system that I led, when I got a call from the front desk. The receptionist told me there was a person there asking for help, and she wondered if I could come and see what I could do. I groaned, and honestly, I was tempted to feel some annoyance. I was busy, and I had deadlines to meet and various reports and projects to work on, but I went, grudgingly. The man waiting for me was of indeterminate age, 40s or 50s, I would guess. It's obvious that he was down on his luck and also that he, didn't have, and that he hadn't had a bath for some time. He had a black, battered old suitcase that I imagine carried all his worldly possessions. He sat in the reception area and he told me his story. He was on the road and had gotten a ride from Kansas City to Sioux Falls where he'd been dropped off the night before. He'd spent the night under the bridge not far away and had no money, no food, and really no prospects, and he wondered if I could help. I thought of all the stuff I had to do, and then I thought of Jesus. With a sigh, I invited him to lunch at our cafeteria, where I got lots of looks from my coworkers. After lunch, we went shopping for food and clothing and a bus ticket for the next day to get him to the Twin Cities, where he said he had family.
Then we found a hotel and I paid for his stay there for the night. By the time it was late afternoon in my workday, with all the important quote-unquote stuff I was supposed to be doing was shot. I asked if we could pray together and wished him well and with a sigh headed home. In one sense, it was a wasted day. In another, deeper sense, it was a wondrous day. Jesus sees you as you really are this morning, with all of your problems and pain and worry and fear and selfishness and sin, and his heart swells with love and compassion because you are like a lost sheep without a shepherd. Jesus calls you into the lives of the homeless and hungry and lost and lonely souls all around you. He calls you to meet them with his love and treat them with his compassion. And when you answer his call, no matter how busy you are with the important stuff of life, it will mean good news for someone and a wondrous day for you. Amen. I'll invite Jim to come again and sing for us. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story, more wonderful it seems, than all the golden fancies of all our golden dreams. I love to tell the story so much for me and that is just the reason I tell it now to thee I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of Jesus is pleasant to repeat what seems each time I tell it more wonderfully sweet I love to tell the story for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory.
tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, will be Thanks for that beautiful song, Jim. We continue our service with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children Rooted in Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the Church, the world, and all creation. Tend your Church, O God. Encourage bishops, pastors, and deacons in their proclamation of the Gospel. Raise up new leaders and encourage those pursuing a call to ministry. Embolden all the baptized to embody your love and justice. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Restore your creation, O God. Sustain croplands and pastures and safeguard all farm animals and livestock. Preserve lakes, rivers, and streams that offer refreshment. Revive lands recovering from natural disasters and protect the coastlands threatened by rising oceans. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Reconcile the nations, O God. Break down the dividing walls that make us strangers to one another and unite us as one human family. Equip leaders to deal wisely with conflict and guide diplomats who seek peaceful solutions. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Heal your people, O God. Look with compassion on immigrants, exiles, and all who are afraid or feel lost. Give rest to those who are weary comfort to those who are grieving, and recovery to those who are ill. 
We pray especially today for Julie Dubois, for Sue Fowler, Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Debbie Taig, and Leslie. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Nourish this congregation, O God. Prepare a table where we receive food for our hungering spirits. Renew our commitment to provide for one another and revitalize our ministries of feeding and nurturing hungry neighbors. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. You lead us home, O God. We give thanks for all who have died, now citizens with the saints. As you have received them into your heavenly home, so welcome all of us to dwell in your house forever. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Thanks for considering uh, supporting those different ministries. We continue then with the communion part of our service. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place. Hear these words of institution. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks and gave it to all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray the Lord's Prayer with me, please? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'll invite you now to get your communion ready. We'll actually take the bread and the wine at this time. 
Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or the wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Receive this benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. I'll invite Jim to come and do our closing hymn. Before I do the song, Pastor, we've got a special birthday today. Uh, my mother, uh, Viola, I don't think she would mind it if I told people how old she is. She's a young 96 today. So, happy birthday, Mom. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. All you may need, he will provide.